The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. Nothing beats a weekend away with the family in the great outdoors, whether it's camping, hiking, river rafting, or anything in between. With third-row seating, nobody is left out. The entire family can experience the thrill together, and nobody wants a dead phone. Available dual wireless charging pads make it so nobody gets stuck, and we can check our fantasy baseball teams together. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports. Got a fantasy question? Email fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Where fantasy Now here's Frank, Scott, Chris, and Adam. What's up, everybody? Welcome into Fantasy Baseball Today on Thursday, September 2nd. Frank Sample joined by Scott White from a remote location. Hope everybody <laughs> is staying safe. We've got some real nasty weather here in the Northeast. Scott, how is everything going? Where are you? Uh, this is my in-laws' house. This is my in-laws' house. Uh, I've, I've relocated for the evening because of a an internet outage. So I got the portable microphone that that plugs in directly with the USB cord. Maybe the sound quality suffers a little, but not that much because you know I just sound that good. And uh, yeah, the background looks a little different. So it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a kind of a strange event for us here on. September 2nd, but I I believe we'll be able to power through it. I believe so as well. And something you pointed out, something I wanted to say, bear with us in case the audio sounds a little bit differently, but so far so good. You sound pretty good to me, Scott, as always. Kind of weird not seeing you with a couch in the background, but this will do. I think you look pretty good where you are. Today on the pod, we have some interesting starting pitchers to talk about. Worryometer on a Thursday Thuriometer? I don't know. August leaders, aces that stepped up big time, and more. But let's get things started. Oh, my goodness gracious. Oh, my good goodness gracious. All right, Scott, where would you like to start? I would like to start with Garrett Cole. Yes. There are a lot of a lot of notable performances from less heralded players, but I want to talk about Garrett Cole because he was amazing against the Angels. Um, 15 strikeouts, a 15 strikeout performance, seven shutout innings. And um, really, oh, I'm sorry, seven one run innings, 32 swinging strikes on 116 pitches, 18 of those swinging strikes on the fastball. Um, and, you know, all the swings and misses he's used to getting on the fastball was because of that high spin rate that suffered in June with the crackdown on the sticky substances. Right now he has a game where he's getting 18 swinging strikes on the fastball alone. This was obviously the um the coup de grace i guess of what's been a pretty pretty uh pretty big turnaround here for mr cole from those days in june when we were all worried about him his last eight starts now 234 era 0.98 whip 14.4 strikeouts per nine innings i mean that sounds like garrett cole right sure does 
And, you know, we were talking about him yesterday in relation to the Cy Young Award. Is, is Robbie Ray going to beat him out for that? Maybe. But next year, you know, we, we've talked about who deserves to go first if it's not going to be Jacob deGrom. And, you know, maybe Jacob deGrom shows up to spring training with a clean bill of health, and it's, it's obviously him at that point. But it's going to be really hard to make a case for anyone other than Garrett Cole to go behind Jacob deGrom, right? Um, it's going to be a hard case to make, and I don't think I'm going to be making it because he appears to be, he appears to be uh, just about as dominant as he's ever been. Yeah, I think the sticky situation is behind us for now, at least when it comes to Garrett Cole. We'll talk about you, Darvish, a little bit later on. I don't know what's going on with him, but he's really slowed down since the uh, since they took away the foreign substances. But let's see what happens in the offseason, too, right, regarding those substances. And I, I, I'm sure that there's going to be more conversations regarding that. And obviously, uh, they, they've got some things to figure out here between the MLB and the MLB Players Association. I did have an interesting stat just on Garrett Cole, and this came per Katie Sharp on Twitter. This is the fifth game with 12 or more strikeouts this season for Garrett Cole, the most in a single season in Yankees history. So obviously a lot of that was front loaded. And then, you know, he's, he slowed down a little bit. But as you pointed out, Scott, the last eight or nine starts, it looks like Garrett Cole is back to being one of, if not the best pitcher in baseball. Oh my goodness gracious for me. I want to talk about Jackson Kawar and he's part of this group of, of what I consider interesting starting pitchers and all interesting for different reasons and interesting in different league sizes and league types. I'm not saying that they're all standard mixed league relevant, but let's start with Jackson Kawar who was up against Cleveland, made his return, obviously a very high regarded prospect in the Royals organization. Six innings, two runs, zero earned, three walks, six strikeouts. He had 13 swinging strikes on 94 pitches, used all three of his pitches, commanded them pretty well in this start. Eight swinging strikes on the fastball, five of those on the changeup. He's only 8% rostered, and it looks like he is in line to face the Orioles in Baltimore next week. Scott, what did you see from Jackson Kawar? How excited would you be to potentially add him in one of your leagues? Well, Jackson Kawar is one of three of the September call-ups we've seen so far that I think has a chance to make an impact, a fantasy impact in September. And all three of them had great games here on uh, on Wednesday night. We'll get to the other two in a little bit. But Jackson Kawar was one of them at AAA this year, 3.46 ERA, 1.24 whip, 12.8K per nine. So, you know, the whip's a little higher than you'd like it to be, the ERA a little higher than you'd like it to be, but 12.8K per nine. Obviously, you like that. He's got a elite changeup that um, you know obviously came through for him in this start, pairing it with the fastball. You know, between those two, he, he threw those two pitches a combined eighty nine percent of the time. So he was really just playing those two off each other, but it worked against Cleveland, and obviously a much better outing than the three we saw from him earlier this year, where he got pounded. So I, I would have liked to see more consistency from him at AAA. It's not like he was on a good run leading up to this promotion that, oh my goodness, he's he's really become just overpowering for minor league hitters and obviously deserves this promotion. I, I would have liked to see that. And also it looks like the Royals are going six man for now. So I don't know that there are, I don't know if there's going to be a two start opportunity for him at all, but I would say in deeper leagues, um, it wouldn't be a bad idea to take a flyer on Kawar based on this performance. But 
if Joe Ryan is out there, he's another one of the three who pitched well Wednesday. Uh, who, who's somebody else that we've talked about recently at starting pitcher? Bailey Ober, Nestor Cortez. Yeah. Yeah, there's somebody I have in mind and I can't think of it. I'm I'm sure I'm sure it'll come up Ra- later. Ranger Suarez? Oh, definitely Ranger Suarez, but that's not the guy I'm thinking. If somebody even rostered in fewer leagues than that. Yeah, uh, I, I'm not sure Kawar would be the highest priority at starting pitcher for me is what I'm saying. There's upside. He's going to get an opportunity here. So it's a good return trip to the majors, but I'm not sure he would be one of the highest priorities for me at the position. All right, well, would he be the highest priority of pitchers that went on Wednesday? So I'm going to throw this group together, five interesting starting pitchers that I picked out, and one of them is Logan Allen, who made his return, uh, not his return, is actually his second back, uh, second start back in the Cleveland rotation. He was on the other side in the start against the Royals, six and two-thirds, three runs, three strikeouts, not many strikeouts here, but that's now back-to-back quality starts since returning to Cleveland. That's, again, Logan Allen. Logan Gilbert. It was on an awful streak recently. Five shutout against the Astros with 18 swinging strikes. He only wound up with four strikeouts, but I thought that swinging strike total was notable considering uh, Houston does not swing and miss very much. Joe Ryan made his debut, as you already referenced. Got five innings, three runs. That one uh, big blow that he gave up, Frank Schwindel. Three-run homer. I mean, how, <laughs> how can you stop Frank Schwindel right now? So you yep. can't really hold that against Joe Ryan. He also had five strikeouts to just one walk. And then... Luke Weaver, not as good as Adam, I get it, at the Padres, making his return. Six innings, one run, three strikeouts. He's only 9% rostered. Joe Ryan is only 13% rostered. These pitchers are widely available. Scott, how would you rank this group of interesting pitchers? Logan Allen, Jackson Kawar, Logan Gilbert, Joe Ryan, and Luke Weaver. I still think Logan Gilbert's the top one to have here. Obviously, it's easy to say after this performance, a bounce back outing against the Astros of all teams. Uh, but yeah, they they have, as a team, the 8.7% swinging strike rate is what they have. Microscopic. Like They don't swing and miss. And here in five innings, Logan Gilbert got 18 swinging strikes against them. That's just a testament to his stuff. His velocity was up in this start. A mile per hour on his fastball, I think like a mile per hour and a half on the slider. So, you know, that probably had something to do with the success. Uh, But I I don't know that I don't know that we needed to write him off completely because of a a rough three start stretch like he had. And uh, this this performance is a reminder that he could still be very useful himself down the stretch and is more proven than anyone else on this list. Second would probably be Joe Ryan, who I already mentioned I liked more than Jackson Kuar. And uh, he did everything I wanted to see from him in this Major League debut against the Cubs. So one of the only runs he gave up were on that three-run homer to Schwindel. It was one of just three hits he gave up in five innings, four base runners total in five innings, five strikeouts. But... A lot of a lot of whiffs and a lot of whiffs on the fastball. Of course, you know that was we knew that was going to be the story on Joe Ryan. Great fastball. Does he have enough of anything else? He threw the fastball sixty three percent of the time. Averaged only ninety point eight miles per hour on it, which you know is is also the thing. It's 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 a deceptive fastball. It's not like an overpowering in terms of velocity fastball, which also makes him kind of an 
it gives him kind of an atypical prospect profile, right? Of his 14 whiffs, nine were on the fastball, nine on those 63% fastballs. I would have guessed it to be, I would have expected it to be a higher percentage than that. You know, the fact that he got a combined five whiffs on his changeup and slider, which he didn't even throw that much, either one of them, uh, I think is a really good sign. So, very encouraging start from Joe Ryan. I, I don't know that I'd rush him into my starting lineup next time out, but I could see things based on this first impression. I could see him having an impact. Yeah, and Joe Ryan is scheduled to face the uh, face Cleveland in Cleveland next week. He's only thirteen percent rostered, so that's a pretty good matchup. Scott, anything you'd like to add on Luke Weaver or Logan Allen? Not really, Logan Allen. <laughs> Logan Allen got his ERA below seven, so good for him. <laughs> and I think it, the the time he's pitched to AAA this year too, it was above seven. So, yeah, it's it's gonna take a while for me to change my opinion on Logan Allen. Okay, um, for quickly back on Joe Ryan, he would you rather have him or someone like Bailey Ober, who we spoke about yesterday? I'd rather have Ryan. Okay, but you'd you'd still rather have Ryan uh, Ranger Suarez over both? Yes. Okay. Cool. Let's hit some news and notes. Kenta Maeda underwent Tommy John surgery on Wednesday. That included an internal brace that could help him return in 9 to 12 months rather than the usual 12 to 16 month timeline. And I saw that this is similar to what Rich Hill had done either last year or the year before, and he was able to come back a little bit sooner. So that's the hope for Kenta Maeda that hopefully he can be back sooner. (laughs) Hopefully 2022 isn't the year of the setback. Oh, gosh. Seriously, right? Uh, Tim Anderson landed on the IL with a left hamstring strain retroactive to August 29th, and prospect Romy Gonzalez was called up. In 87 games between AA and AAA, Gonzalez hit 275 with 23 home runs and 22 steals. He's like a top 25-ish prospect in the White Sox organization. I really haven't heard much about the guy, Romy Gonzalez, but... Those are some pretty eye-popping stats here, Scott. 275, 23 homers, 22 steals. Anything to know with him? Yeah, I was reading about him recently for the prospects report. I don't think I ended up putting him in there. But yeah, 2020 season from uh, a no-name... What is he, 25? I believe he's 24 years old. Yeah, well, a, a guy in his mid twenties, a, a no name before this year, and he got, and he ends up having a twenty twenty season at AAA, uh, and yet, you know, you don't hear a lot of enthusiasm for him in the prospect community, even with that performance. So, I keep an eye on him. I I suspect, you know, any any time any time a player puts up numbers like that in the minors, there's a chance he's able to carry it over to the majors. I, I think generally the, the non-prospect who puts up big numbers in the minors is generally undervalued. Uh, the, the, the percentage of the time they hit, like they deliver as major leaguers, is high enough that I would say they're generally undervalued in fantasy. But... You know, it's it's still deserving of a healthy dose of skepticism until we actually see him do some damage. I would, uh, you know, I I would I would leave Romy Gun- Romy Romy R O M Y. I'm I'm Rom- going I'm going with Romy, but Romy know, Gonzalez on the waiver wire. Bad for now. Bad podcast host. I I did not look up how to pronounce his name beforehand. Apologies, but uh, yeah, and and look, 
Playing time is probably going to be hard for him to come along here. He's going to fill in for Tim Anderson as long as Tim Anderson is out. So I would expect this to not be that long of a situation for Tim Anderson. But Cesar Hernandez has been struggling mightily as well. So if he hits well, then maybe they keep him in the lineup the rest of the season. Let's see what happens with uh, Romy Gonzalez. Trevor well, he, I'll go ahead and interject the third name of the prospect call-ups okay. that I thought could have an impact down the stretch and, in fact, had a huge game here on September 1st. And that's another member of the White Sox, Gavin Sheets, who, of course, we've seen before, and he was pretty productive when he was up before. Comes back, two homers in his very first game. He was in the lineup, Romy Gonzalez. Uh, Romy Gonzalez was not. So can he stay in the lineup? He was at DH in this game, and and the White Sox don't have a dedicated DH. We've seen Sheets play first base and, and left field as well. The White Sox have been playing an awful lot of Brian Goodwin. And it's not like they need him in center field. Obviously, they have Luis Robert there. Uh, they don't need to keep playing Brian Goodwin, I don't think. And Gavin Sheets, you know, good enough in his previous stint in the majors that you would like to see him get an extended look. Let me look up the exact numbers. Uh, you know, 225, obviously the batting average is not great there, but strikeouts weren't an issue, and he homered six times in 89 at-bats. So definitely showed us something. And in the minors this year, 295 batting average, 869 OPS for Gavin Sheets. Again, low strikeout rate, relatively low. So there's a chance, you know, we'll we'll see if he's in the lineup tomorrow after hitting the the two homers today. It would be nice if Tony La Russa rewarded him in that way. But... He hasn't always been so great about dispensing playing time to the right people. Yeah, but there's a chance. There's a chance for Gavin Sheets to maybe come up and make an impact here in the season might final season's final month, as we've seen, like Frank Schwindel do. And and Sheets is a better prospect than Schwindel. He's still you know young enough to actually call him a prospect. But I could see him having that kind of impact. Yeah, and Gavin Sheets is six percent rostered. Someone who. I would say you're watching for now, but if you play in a deeper daily lineup league where you can add him, and I play in a 15-team league where we set our lineup every day. In a league like that, if you can add him and just kind of plug him in whenever he plays, then I, that's, I think I would say that's a pretty good place to, uh, to add Gavin Sheets, if you can. Trevor Rogers has been activated off the restricted list and will start Friday against the Phillies. Scott, would you throw him right back in the lineup if you play in a daily league? Against two? The Phillies. Mm, probably not. Probably not. It's It's been a while, and it's not like he was dominating before he went on the restricted list. It's usually a rough day for the Colorado Rockies pitchers, but it was especially rough on Wednesday because one day after playing catch, John Gray goes on the IL with right forearm tightness, and then Kyle Freeland left his start with a hip impingement, which we're, we're finally starting to buy in. We're telling people to add Kyle Freeland, throw him in your lineup, good matchup against Texas. And then he gets hurt. So we'll see what the extent of the injury is for Kyle Freeland. Lucas Giolito will not make his next start on September 7th against the A's as he's dealing with that strained left hamstring. Ronaldo Lopez will make a start for the White Sox on Saturday, presumably filling in for Lance Lynn. And the last time Ronaldo Lopez pitched, it was in relief. He threw five perfect innings. So... I added him in your Scott White Dynasty League. I've been pretty intrigued by Ronaldo Lopez, Scott. I don't think he's going to have a long-term place in this rotation, but let's say if you're thinking about streaming him against the Royals this weekend, would you 
Is that something you would consider? You know, I'm not a fan of streaming one-star pitchers in general. It's something I'm asked to tell people to do on occasion. <laughs> and, and so, you know, by that criteria, sure, against the Royals, um, you know, Reynaldo Lopez has shown he can go five innings and has pitched well out of the bullpen. So the he checks the boxes for a one-start streeper. A one-start sleeper. <laughs> I was like, what is that? <laughs> a Merrill streeper. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm skeptical that he can sustain his current level of production as a starting pitcher, uh, that he has a diverse enough arsenal, that he's going to keep in the, the ball in the yard enough because he's he's got a high fly ball rate and it just he hasn't given up many home runs. And, and maybe that's something he can continue over – Short appearances, but longer ones. You know, I have my doubts. The but Roy- sure, he's going against the Royals this weekend. If you need a one-start streamer, <laughs> uh, you could do worse than Lopez. Shohei Otani will make his return to the mound this Friday and start against the Texas Rangers. George Springer was back in the lineup as the designated hitter, and he left on Tuesday. So not playing the field, but nice to see that he was in the lineup. Adalberto Mondesi made his return as the DH. And are you kidding me, Scott? A sock and a shoe, the first game back for Adalberto Montesi. A home run and a steal in the same game. I mean, this is what he does. I'm telling you, he is going to have a massive September. We're going to buy in again for next year in Categories Leagues. It is. It happens every single year. Uh, It's worth noting that they expect Montesi to play some third base moving forward when he's not DHing because uh, obviously Bobby Witt is the future of their organization, and they don't want him to move off of shortstop, so I think that makes sense there. Aaron Savali made another rehab start at AA Wednesday. He allowed two runs with six strikeouts over five innings and built up to 71 pitches. So I'm not sure he'll need another rehab start, but um, he's getting closer, 71 pitches for Savali. Drew Smiley has indeed been removed from the Braves' rotation, Tuki Toussaint, yeah. will, <laughs> Tuki Toussaint will start on Thursday in Coors Field, unfortunately. We're not going to stream him there. We don't like that matchup. But uh, if you held on to Tuki Toussaint, uh, let's see how he does. Let's see what the matchups are moving forward. Gio Urshela was out of the lineup Wednesday with hand soreness and will undergo an MRI on Thursday. Enrique Hernandez, also known as Kike Hernandez, could be back from the COVID IL this weekend. Johnny Cueto placed on the IL with a strained right elbow. And Adbert Alzali will now pitch out of the bullpen for the Cubs. In fact, he threw four shutout innings with five strikeouts on Wednesday for his first career save. He looked pretty damn good, but uh, I don't know how often that's actually going to happen for Adbert Alzali. We keep trying to tell you about these hitters. So let's make some tougher decisions, Scott, because people are just not adding them. I don't know if they're they're just not buying in, whatever it might be. Your boy, Brendan Rodgers, does it again. Two for four <laughs> with his 11th home run on Wednesday. He now has... Nine of the 11 on the road this season, and I cannot explain it. He's 56% rostered. He's got four games coming up in Coors Field starting Thursday. He's got a few more left this season, too, so let's see if he can even out those splits a little bit. But this number needs to be higher. Someone asked me on Thursday, can I drop Francisco Lindor? And I kind of hesitated. I I mean, he hasn't been good. I I don't really know what to expect rest of season from him. Would you dare drop Lindor for Brendan Rodgers? Oh, man. (laughs) You know, I like Rodgers. I like Rodgers a lot. I've been hyping him for months, and his roster rate has barely budged during that time, so people really aren't listening to me. 
Fair enough. Um, <laughs> I don't think I could drop Lindor for him. No. And I don't know that I have faith in Lindor coming around. How could you at this point? I just, I don't want, I don't want that powerful of a weapon falling into enemy hands, you know, cause then of course they'll come around. That's, that's kind of the way I view it at this stage of the season. But just to make the case for Rogers more generally, and I, I think you mentioned that his road stats are actually better than his home stats. Nine of his 11 home runs have come on the road. I view that as a testament to how naturally talented he is and not so much, oh, he just hits better on the road. Nobody hits better away from Coors Field. That just that goes against all physics. So it, it'll eventually happen that his home numbers are better than his road numbers. But look, he's shown he can be good at the road, which is a, a good thing for a Rockies hitter. I got this little bug flying around my face and I'm going to end up inhaling it like I did <laughs> on that show last year. Um, <laughs> but continuing the thought, I lost the train of thought. Oh, yeah. So in the long in the long run, and I would say moving forward, you it's reasonable to expect Rodgers to be better, even better on the road than at home than he is on the road. And it just so happens that the final two weeks of the regular season, the Rockies are at home for three of their four series, those final two weeks. And the one that they're away, they're going against the Diamondbacks. So really, really favorable matchups for the Rockies to close out the season. So that's that should be incentive enough to pick up Rodgers if you didn't already have one. All right, let me throw a few more names your way. Glaber Torres is expected to come off the IL Friday. You might have a decision to, ma- uh, to make. Do I keep him on my team? Or, you know, he's coming off the IL. I might have to clear a roster spot. Would you drop someone like Glaber Torres to keep Brendan Rodgers? I would, yeah. I don't see much reason to hold on to Torres at this point. Would you... Hmm. Other tough names. These names, like, there's some players that are so rostered so high, like Eugenio Suarez, 66%. He's like the Patrick Corbin of hitters. Get that guy off your team. Uh, who else? David Fletcher, I mean, he's fine. Uh, yeah, there's no yeah, one else but here. Right, you want the upside of Rodgers instead. Yeah. How about Jazz Chisholm versus Brendan Rodgers? I feel like that's pretty close. It is pretty close. I, I do have more confidence in Rodgers, unless you specifically need stolen bases. You know, Chisholm had two steals yesterday, right? So he, he's still, he's, he's obviously a much better bet for Rodgers than those. But just in terms of pure bat, I definitely like Rodgers more. All right, we tried to tell you part two. Connor Joe, two more hits with a double, a walk, a run scored. I'm very interested to see what the playing time is once they get back in Coors Field in the National League Park. They were just in Texas, so they had the designated hitter that allowed Sam Hilliard to stay in the lineup, Connor Joe to stay in the lineup, and Ryan Meltapia, who recently returned. So I'm very interested to see what happens here. Connor Joe, 35% rostered. We talk about him a lot. Let's see if I can find an outfielder who is rostered in too many leagues. How about Trey Mancini? He's 96% rostered. Would you drop him for Connor Joe? I think at this point, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be hard to take Joe out of the lineup if he is playing full time. You know, obviously you get in a deep enough league, and it's just unthinkable that you drop Mancini in like a five outfielder league. That's hard to imagine. But but also Connor Joe's probably not available in that deep of a league. Well, how many? What percentage of our leagues are five outfielder leagues? Half. That's a good question. I, I don't know because he's. 
because he's on, I don't know either. Uh, he's only 31% rostered. It's probably less than half or five outfielder leagues, but still. You know, the profile is so good for a points league, which are typically the three outfielder leagues on our site. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I it's just it's just silly to me that Joe isn't picked up in more leagues. Uh, awesome in the minor leagues the past three years, over a 400 on base percentage in each. And uh, been taking advantage of Coors Field. I'll throw a few more names your way. Would you drop Mike Yastrzemski for Connor Joe? Easily. Would you drop Lourdes Gurriel for Connor Joe? Easily. Would you drop... Randall Grichuk is still 76% rostered. I'm assuming you'd make that move. <laughs> yeah, I'd make that move. All right, let's talk about Frank make Schwindel. Frank Schwindel has homered in three straight games. He is batting 306 with a 944 OPS. Again, we tried to tell you, he just keeps raking. He's 31% rostered. A few people asked me on Wednesday night, who would, who would I rather have, Connor, Joe, or Schwindel? I would rather have Joe. I believe you agree, right, Scott? Yeah, I would rather have Joe. I, I'd rather have the guy who can get on base apart from hitting his way on base. And there's a big discrepancy between those two in that area. So, you know, yeah, I'd rather have Joe. But I really like both of them. I mean, Schwindel doesn't put the ground on the ball that much. <laughs> you just said doesn't he... <laughs> put the ball on the ground that much. I'm sorry. I'm like I'm out of my element here and it's just It's all good. I'm a little I'm a little up in my head because of it. So anyway, um yeah. Frank Schwindel who has now homered in how many straight? Three straight, I think I saw. Three straight, yep. Yeah, three straight. He His ground ball rate is among the lowest in baseball. And the line drive rate, fly ball rates, they're both high. Line drive rate is how you get batting average. Fly ball rate is how you get home runs. You add a, a strikeout rate of less than 20%. I think he's right around 20%. I mean that that looks like a profile that's going to to do damage, you know. Uh, now maybe it could change. Maybe it, you know it's it's easy to look at the underlying numbers when a player's hot and and say, oh well, that's why that player's hot. But the underlying numbers can fall off as the player cools off. You know that that certainly happens sometimes. But um, everything I'm seeing from Schwindel so far apart from the walk rate, I like. This is a ridiculous question. I couldn't imagine in a million years asking you this. Would you drop Cody Bellinger for Frank Schwindel? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not in a dynasty league. Of course. <laughs> Obviously not a dynasty league, but anywhere else, why Why not? Oh, man. It's just, oh, that is, that is crazy. Uh, how about Santana? We mentioned yesterday you would drop him, right? Yes. How about... Eric Hosmer, yes. Uh, any other names here? Mike Moustakis, yes. All right, so those are a few that are probably over-rostered at this point in the season, but there's a lot of people that just stop playing. Why? Why stop? Let's go. Let's keep going. Let's finish out strong. We have not talked about this player enough, and I wanted to bring him up. Josh Harrison went three for five with a double. Two runs scored on Wednesday. He has let off in four straight games for the Oakland A's. He's only 41% rostered. He has second, third outfield eligibility. I don't see a big upside here a big ceiling Scott but Josh Harrison he's crushing it this year he's a high floor player I think he's safe he has multi-position eligibility I just feel like he should be rostered in more than 41% of leagues yeah I don't understand 
how you can be so enthusiastic about Ahmed Rosario and not echo the same enthusiasm for Josh Harrison because they're basically the same, Frank. I, I, I just talked him up. Yeah. <laughs> not as enthusiastically as you do for Ahmed Rosario. Well, I guess it's because Rosario's still younger and former prospect pedigree. So I don't know. I'm still holding on to some hope that there's a higher upside for Ahmed Rosario. They both will contribute more than zero home runs, more than zero stolen bases. They're, they will contribute some amount in those two categories while hitting for average and uh, qualifying at a couple of scarce positions. So, you know, they're very similar. All right. So, again, the name there, Josh Harrison, only 41% rostered. Let's take a quick break. When we return, the Worryometer on a Thursday, the Thuriometer. If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Well, now it is on homes.com. As somebody who's been through this, I can tell you these features are so, so incredibly valuable. They've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools, and their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. The area you live in is just as important as the house itself. You can get to know a neighborhood without ever setting foot in it. Say you're a really active person. You could find out about the nearest parks. Do they have a baseball field? Maybe you want to join a softball league like Chris and I play in. Also, Homes.com collaboration tools makes it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information all at your fingertips. Homes.com, we've done your homework. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Welcome back to Fantasy Baseball Today. Let's talk about you, Darvish. I don't know what's up, man. Scott, we got to figure this out. Do we bench you, Darvish? Do we drop you, Darvish? It sounds crazy, but all these starting pitchers emerging, I'm trying to figure it out. At the Diamondbacks, two and two-thirds, Eight hits, six runs, five of those earned. He still had 12 swinging strikes on 76 pitches, so that is a good ratio. He had a 538 BABIP against on only four hard hit balls. So, I, I admittedly, I didn't watch the start, but it seems like there was some bad luck involved. His last 15 starts now for Yu Darvish, dating back to May 29th, right before this whole foreign substance situation, which started early June. 5.88 ERA. Last 15 starts for you, Darvish. Next week, he is at home against the Angels. What do we do, Scott? Well, I, I do kind of take exception to going all the way back to May 29th and pointing out the ERA, because that would suggest he's been bad since May 29th. And in June, four of his five starts were awesome. They were ace-like. So, you know, I, I don't know that it's totally fair to, to date it back that far he's he's been bad since the start of july basically um but if you take it back to the beginning of july i, I mean let's just let's just go back to the basics here in analyzing you darvish so 
in nine starts between July and August, he has issued nine walks. We've seen walks be a, a problem for him in the past. That's clearly not the problem now. Nine walks and nine starts, you'll take that. 13.6% swinging strike rate. That's elite. That's an elite swinging strike rate. It's better than it was when he was at his best. So you got the strikeouts, you got the walks, the home runs, right? That's the trifecta, the, the FIP triangle, as I used to refer to often. The home runs are too high. He's allowed a home run, at least one home run in every single one of those starts. Uh, I believe including this one. Did he, did he allow a home run? Yes, he allowed one home run. But most of them are just home one, run. Just one home run. There have been three of those nine starts he allowed two or three home runs. So you can't blame it entirely on the home runs. If the strikeouts are that good and the walks are that good, you know, I'm, I'm not saying... There isn't something off for him. Clearly there is, but it's something very small. It's something very small, whatever it is. His, his delivery's a little off. Um, maybe he's pitching his, t- pitching his titches, uh, tipping his pitches ever so slightly. Uh, it, it's nothing major. Now, I'm not saying you have to keep him in your lineup. And I know we're running out of time for him to make an impact, but that goes back to that you don't want such a powerful weapon falling into your enemy's hands. So I don't, I don't think you can drop him. I don't think you can even entertain that idea. I think you bench him. And if you see him bounce back, which is very likely, then that weapon is in your own hands to control over the most important stretch of the season. All right, so we're looking to bench him next week at home against the Angels, who Garrett Cole just dominated, by the way. So... It's just hard. It's hard to trust Darvish at this point. He he came off the IL. He could still be dealing with this back injury, and he has a long history of injuries. For what it's worth, Jace Tingler said after this game that Darvish came away completely healthy, no issues. So we'll see if uh, if he can bounce back next week. If you had to put a number on it, Scott, one to ten, the worryometer on Darvish, five. Five. All right, let's talk about Carlos Rodon. He went up against the Pirates, and for the most part, he was good. Five innings, one run, five strikeouts. But the fastball and slider velocity were both down 2.8 miles per hour from his season average. So, I mean, that's been a big reason for Rodon's success this season. Obviously, you know, helps with the strikeouts and the swinging strikes, and uh, it also helps that he's improved his control greatly. But, uh, I mean, this is this is notable, Scott. Down almost three miles per hour. So where are you at, worryometer on Carlos Rodon? Yeah, I'm. I'm not really sure what that was about. That that's obviously dramatic. It it raises concerns. I guess if I called you Darvish a five, I'd have to call Carlos Rodon like a four because of that. It it was so low that I almost wondered if it was intentional. Because remember, at the start of the year. His velocity wasn't that high either. And it really, we really saw it turn during the no hitter he threw. Like over the course of the no hitter, the velocity got better and better. And it just kind of stayed up after that. Uh, so I feel like he has some measure of control over this. He was going against the Pirates fresh off the IL. It's clear they're, they're trying to limit him down the stretch here in anticipation of a deep playoff run, I assume. So. You know, I, I'd, I'd like to see some commentary on it. I'd like to see quotes. 
don't have any of those yet, but I'm, I'm hopeful it was sort of by design. All right, so you'd be okay starting him next week at the Oakland A's? With what I know now, yeah, I'd be okay with it. It's not a high priority, but... I mean, he did have a good result in the start. Yeah. Worth noting. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Wade Miley, he got crushed against the Cardinals. Four innings, 12 hits, five earned runs. The ERA, even after the start, is at 2.97, but his XFIP is up over four, so... I think we're all kind of waiting for a regression to strike at some point, Scott, on Wade Miley. Do you have any concern, worryometer level here on, on Miley after this one? I mean, three of his last five starts have been bad. So, you know, it's not like he's given up a bunch of long balls. He's an extreme ground ball pitcher. It's, it's not like he's he's lost that skill. Um, but I'm a little worried. Yeah, I mean, he, he it did seem like he was performing over his head for most of the season and, and maybe just... Inevitable regression here. So I'll call him a four as well on the worryometer. He is in line for two starts next week at the Cubs and at the Cardinals. So I assume we're leaving him in there. Yeah. All right, last one here. James Kerpillion at the Tigers. Four innings, four runs, three walks, four strikeouts. His last six starts, he has a 6.78 ERA. And he's still 80% rostered, Scott. So I was going to ask you if you could drop him, but... He is in line for two starts next week as well. Home against the White Sox and home against the Rangers. So, look, if you're not mm. if you're not comfortable starting James Carpillion there in a two-star week, one of them against Texas, you probably can drop him. Yeah, probably. It's not the best timing. You may want to wait so that he doesn't clear waivers in time for somebody else to pick him up. Right. Uh, for the same reason I was giving. Yeah, but I, I mean, he's somebody who, you know, he has a 463 XFIP on the year. The walk rate is too high. The fly ball rate is too high. It seemed like regression was coming for him. And, and combined five home runs in his last two starts, that's a part of it. All right, so maybe drop him on Sunday when, when someone else can't get him on their team, or if you can afford to hold on to him, uh, and maybe you don't want to start him, and then you drop him after the week starts, whatever it might be. But like. For example, I don't think Joe Ryan or Jackson Kawara is such a high-priority pickup that you need to drop Caprillion to make sure you get them. Okay. I think Ranger Suarez is, if that's the decision. But I don't think I don't think like Ryan and, and Kawara are. All right, let's take a look at some aces. Ace is going to ace on Wednesday. Garrett Cole was a part of this segment. We already spoke about him. Max Scherzer. Up against the Braves, six shutout with nine strikeouts to zero walks. He had 20 swinging strikes over 76 pitches, and then they pulled him from the game. I, I didn't see anything on Twitter that he's dealing with anything, but I thought it was pretty curious that they pulled Scherzer after just 76 pitches. He's down to a 2.40 ERA, a 0.86 whip. Just awesome season for Max Scherzer. It's been an awesome stretch for Max Freed, who went into L.A., six innings, two runs, Nine strikeouts to just one walk. And over his last seven starts, he has a... All right. I've, <laughs> I thought my rundown got deleted for a second. Oh, that Dan Schneier. I think he might have done something. But it's back. Uh, last seven <laughs> starts for Max Freed. 1.76 ERA, 46 strikeouts to just... It's definitely not one walk. I messed up somewhere here. But it's a really no, low number. It's like six or seven walks. So, like, the, con the control has been awesome 
for Max Freed. And then it wasn't really an ace outcome, but I wanted to mention Chris Sale. Six innings, two runs, three strikeouts. His uh, fastball velocity up over 94 miles per hour again, so that's back-to-back starts. Scott, anything you'd like to add on Scherzer, Freed, Chris Sale? Scherzer has had an awesome season, but he's clearly not providing the volume that we're used to seeing from him. So it, it is a step back in terms of overall impact and fantasy. And uh, I'll just reiterate what I've said for Max Freed a couple times recently. You, you leave out those three starts in April when we quickly learned he was pitching hurt and he went on the IL. Leave those out and his numbers are, his numbers are amazing. His numbers are exactly what you drafted him to be. Yeah. So that number actually is 46 strikeouts to just five walks over his last seven starts. And uh, if you look at his just just his last four starts, he only has one walk during that span. So that's something that's always hampered Max Fried. So it seems like he's really kind of elevating his game here and maybe taking that step, uh, that next step. So it's really nice to see. Wanted to take a look at some August leaders, Scott. Now that we have August uh, in the books, everything is there. The dust has settled. And we'll start off with qualified batting average leaders. CJ Crone, no su- surprise, monster, monster August. 387 batting average led the entire... All the hitters, all qualified hitters. Uh, Tyler Naquin batted 386. Brian De La Cruz, who we have not talked about at all, hit 384 for the Miami Marlins in the month of August. Anything to see there with Brian De La Cruz? I don't think so. And in fact, uh, I I feel like wouldn't he be the odd man out now that Lewis Brinson is healthy again? I believe he was not in the lineup. Well, no, yeah, they, he hasn't. And he hasn't been in the lineup so consistently anyway. So he didn't play on, what would that have been, Sunday. He didn't play on Sunday, then they got rained out. And he started the previous two, four, seven games before that. So he was playing. I mean, he played enough to qualify for the batting average, so I thought yeah. it was interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, you know, he, he had to... He's had a good he had a good season at AAA. Uh hit 324 with 12 homers and 880 OPS in, in just 66 games. Mm-hmm. Hadn't really done much in the minors before then. Not that he was terrible, but the power increase is really what we saw this year. So, you know, let, let we'll, we can keep an eye on Brian De La Cruz, but I don't I haven't seen enough to advise picking him up or anything. All right, the home run leaders for August 5 with double digits. Salvador Perez, monster month, hit 12 home runs in August. CJ Krohn had 11. Bryce Harper had 10. Jose Abreu really bounced back. He was having a down season heading into August, but uh, turned it on. I believe he hit something like 330, also had 10 homers. And then Hunter Renfro, who we've talked about quite a bit, he also had 10 home runs uh, in August. The runs leader, Wander Franco, that's right, 26 runs scored in the month. Wow. And he extends the on-base streak to 32 games on Wednesday with a home run off of Chris Sale. <laughs> Scott, I know we mentioned a few weeks ago, let's see how Wander Franco kind of ends the season to determine what his draft value is going to be for next year. People are going to go gaga over this guy. He's going to be he's going to be a top 50 pick. That That is my prediction on September 2nd, 2021. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he'll get the treatment Vladimir Guerrero got uh, this year and last year, even though he hadn't really done anything to deserve a pick that high yet. 
you know, just everybody knowing the upside, knowing the pedigree and having seen enough to know, okay, hopefully he's on the right track here. I'm sure Wander Franco is going to get that same treatment. I don't, I don't see why he won it, especially since, especially as, as, uh, as well as it's paid off for Guerrero, those who invested in Guerrero this year. Yeah, that's going to be the perfect argument uh, for Wander Franco next season. Your RBI leader in August, CJ Krohn, had 34 stolen bases. Starling Marte had 19, 19 steals in a month. Are you kidding me? That is <laughs> insane. Whit Merrifield had 11. Nicky Lopez had 10. You know, those Royals like to run. We're going to see a lot from Alberto Mondesi, assuming he stays healthy. Uh, Marte, by the way, on Wednesday went two for five with his 10th home run. He's also batting 320 with 42 steals overall. 320, 10 homers, 42 steals. Just a ridiculous season for Stalling Marte. Contract year, hope the guy gets paid. ERA leaders, go over to the pitching side. Max Freed, we mentioned him, 1.36 ERA, the lowest among qualified starters in August. Logan Webb, 1.41. Cal Quantrill, 1.42 ERA in the month. Your whip leader, Tristan McKenzie. I was surprised that he qualified, but I, I guess he made enough starts, went on the IL, really missed, it was probably two starts, uh, and he's getting ready to return. Uh, 0.50 whip. I, I got a, another interesting stat about McKenzie. What do you got? If he qualified, season season long, if he qualified, best batting average against among starting pitchers. Interesting. So, yeah, I guess earlier in the season, it was really just all walks because I remember his control was awful. Yeah, it was like a walk per inning before he got sent down. Yeah, so he look, he clearly has the stuff, man. Tristan McKenzie could pitch. Uh, you know, durability is obviously an issue. The guy is super, super skinny. I believe his nickname is like Stick or Sticks or something like that. So, uh, he, and, and, and by the way, batting average against people say, oh, well, then, you know, Babbitt dependent, whatever. 5.7 hits per nine is what he's given up this year. It was 5.7 hits per nine in his six starts last year, too. So, I mean, showing some consistency there yeah. in terms of hit prevention. Yeah, there's something there with Tristan McKenzie for sure. A few other whip leaders I wanted to mention, Adam Wainwright and Marco Gonzalez, the vets. 0.80 whip in August. For wins, Adam Wainwright and Shane McClanahan each had five. They were your leaders in the month. Strikeouts, no surprise here. Blake Snell had 54. Robbie Ray had 52. Dylan Cease had 50. It's been a nice little turnaround for Dylan Cease. We haven't t- uh, talked about him quite a bit recently, but uh, he's been very good. And then your saves leaders. We had three relievers with eight each, and that included Kenley Jansen, Alex Colome, and Will Smith from your Atlanta Braves. And did he just get another save? No, he didn't. I'm sorry, Scott. I just checked, and it turned yeah. out that the Dodgers wound up winning that game. They did, yep. Uh, all right. sweeping, sweeping the Braves. The Braves now... Have the Phillies nipping at their heels again. Oh, it was, you know, it was a nice stretch there for, for both of us, Yankees and the Braves. And then this week, everything kind of went downhill again. So we'll see. I mean, when you're facing the Dodgers, whose yeah. run differential is like plus 200, they're, they're so far ahead of every other team. And they're the best team in baseball. I know they don't have the best record in baseball. Yeah. Uh, and they may, they may finally, they may now have, have the best record in their division. I can't. Did the Giants win? I think they were. I think they entered the day half a game back of the Giants. But they, regardless of what the the standings say, the Dodgers are the best team in baseball. As you know, I, I don't think that's such a hot take. They are currently tied with the Giants for the okay. lead in the National League West. So we'll see. Uh, I mean, the Giants are 
plus 141 run differential in the year. The Dodgers plus 213. Looking well, the Houston. So the Dodgers are plus 213. Yeah. The Astros and Rays are second and third, and they're plus 172, plus 170. (laughs) That's how far the Dodgers are ahead of everybody else. Oh, my. That is just completely ridiculous. I wanted to mention a few bigger named hitters that are just hot fire right now. And uh, maybe some names we don't really talk about enough. You know, someone tweeted at me, hey, talk about Paul Goldschmidt. All right, we'll talk about him. He had a double dong on Tuesday, Wednesday, rather. Get my days mixed up. Uh, he is, Paul Goldschmidt's having quietly a very good season. 287 batting average, 24 homers, 10 steals. The steals just came back out of nowhere for Paul Gold, Goldschmidt. So nice bounce back season for Goldie. Nick Castellanos heating back up. Dealt with the injury, had a down month really. Uh, double dong on Wednesday, including a grand slam. His last 15 games, Castellanos batting 333 with six homers. Ketel Marte, last 15 games, 339 batting average, four homers. Aaron Judge continues. He had a massive August. Hopefully that's carrying over here into September. And uh, he hit his 30th home run of the season. He is now batting 299 with a 934 OPS with a career best strikeout rate as well. And Alex Verdugo, I just wanted to show him some love because I think uh, back in July, we probably poo-pooed him. And uh, he's still not hitting for power. But batting average really bounced back. In August, 341 batting average for Verdugo. Two homers, 899 OPS. A few leftovers from Wednesday that I wanted to mention. Leody Tavares, two for four with a double and his seventh steal. And I think I mentioned him on yesterday's podcast too, Scott, but five outfielder leagues, 15-team Roto. He's available in uh, in both of my 15-team Roto leagues. So I think he should be rostered there. Yeah, uh, so in the last three games, he has two home runs and, what, three or four steals. So he's, you know, he he started out 0 for 19, getting called up. And, you know, that that's the question for him. Is he going to hit enough? It's his profile, because he's such a good defender, it's, it's kind of reminding me of Carlos Gomez when he first came up. Okay. To have a big throwback. Um Definitely had the speed right away. It took the power a while to come around, but eventually got there. And, and Tavares in the minors has shown good power this year for the first time. It's just a question of, is he going to put the bat on the ball enough to get the most out of that skill set? And Carlos Gomez eventually did for a stretch. Will Tavares get there? Remains to be seen. Scott, I loved Carlos Gomez. I loved him with a passion. I had him in my home keeper league, and I think I drafted him one year super late. And then he was just, he was my best keeper for like three or four years in a row. And that was an awesome stretch. So, yeah, he was a fantasy first rounder for a stretch of two or three years. Yeah. Shout out to Scott bringing up Carlos Gomez. I love it. It never fails. One day after saying you can drop Trent Grisham in shallow leagues, he goes three for four with his 14th home run. So, there you go. Uh, Will Myers, I wanted to mention he's heating back up his last 15 games. Batting 311, four homers, one steal, but much like Tommy Pham and Trent Grisham, he's just not playing enough. Uh, Will Myers has sat out four of the last nine games for the Padres, so I think that really kind of puts a, a wet blanket on any type of excitement for Will Myers. Yeah, it does. I mean, the, you know, we were talking about how much Trent Grisham and and uh, and um, Tommy Pham have been sitting recently for them. They just have. Too many mouths to feed, Frank. It's fantasy football time. 
<laughs> too many mouths to feed. That's what that's what they say. Those fantasy football analysts. Oh, I'm, I'm telling. I'm telling Chris Towers. You said that about him. Jake Odorizzi <laughs> at the Mariners. Pretty good start. Uh, five innings, one run, seven strikeouts. He had 14 swinging strikes on 87 pitches. Scott, I know you don't like Odorizzi uh, very much. He's only allowed four earned runs over his last three starts. 62% rostered at home next week against the Mariners again. So is there a chance he sneaks into your sleeper pitchers? I just think he's too combustible. Okay. He's capable of these starts on occasion. But, you know, let's let's be real, Frank. He was pitching against the Mariners. So what, Should have been no hits in five innings, <laughs> not two. <laughs> well, that just means he's going to throw a no-hitter in his next start against the Mariners. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be so sure. <laughs> All right, last name I want to mention here, Justin Steele at the Minnesota Twins. Five shutout. He only gave up one hit, three walks to three strikeouts. Not overly impressive or anything, but it looks like he's in line for two starts next week at home against the Reds and the Giants. The Reds are very bad against left-handed pitching. Any interest in Justin Steele? Not really. Not worth speaking about. All right. Calls to the pen. (laughs) Some bullpen updates for the Cardinals. Giovanni Gallegos, the guy's hot. He picked up his fourth save in game one of their doubleheader. And then in game two... Alex Reyes pitched in the ninth inning in a 12-2 loss. So it seemed like they were going to use him in some lower leverage stuff. They want to get Alex Reyes right. He did throw a perfect inning, struck out the side. So we'll see if that helps his case. But Giovanni Gallegos now has the last two saves for the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, For the Rangers, Joe Barlow entered with a one-run lead in the ninth. He gave up two walks, a hit. There was an error somewhere in there. He was charged with five runs takes his first blown save and second loss of the season. For the Blue Jays, Jordan Romano got his 15th save. The Yankees, Aroldis Chapman, threw a clean inning. He had a strikeout. The velocity was back up. He actually he looked really good. He was dominant. His 25th save for the Tigers. Gregory Soto got his 15th. Adam Adovino, clean inning with two strikeouts, his 11th save of the season. And for the White Sox, Liam Hendricks, the final five outs for his 31st save. Scott, I play in a points league. It's my home league. And we do not allow Sparps. You're only allowed to pick up closers and use them in your relief pitcher spots. I need... I lost Alex Reyes. I need a closer. Who would you rather have? Adam Adovino or Alex Colome? That's who I'm deciding between. Ooh. I have a, As I said yesterday, I think it's going to be really difficult for Matt Barnes to to have time to regain Alex Cora's trust now that he's sidelined for probably not just this week, but next week as well with COVID, Uh, you know, presuming he's not out longer than that, I guess that's a possibility as well, but presuming he's back the week after next, you know, how many saves does Adovino get between now and then? And, Barnes has to come back and, and show Alex Corey's right. So long story short, I would take out because he's on the better team. Okay. Yeah. That's where I was leaning as of now. Colome, I think his job is a little bit safer. He has one more game next week. He plays seven games, but I do think Adam Adovino is the better pitcher and he's on the better team. Let's wrap up here with some to stream or not to stream. We'll start with Thursday, Paolo Espino versus the Phillies, Matt Manning versus the Oakland A's, Eric Lauer at the Giants, Zach Thompson at the Mets, Keegan Thompson versus the Pirates, Chris Bubich versus Cleveland, 
Scott, can we use any of these pitchers? <laughs> I would not if I were you. I would not. I'm, I'm off the Zach Thompson thing. Yeah. But at the Mets, he's probably the best choice. You know, it's been a long time since he's had even a strikeout per inning, but he has limited damage at least. So if you're if you're forcing me to pick one, Zach Thompson would be it. Yeah. Don't don't stream pitchers on Thursday. How about for Friday? Steven Brault at the Cubs, Alec Mills versus the Pirates, Nestor Cortez versus the Orioles, Carlos Hernandez versus the White Sox, Glenn Otto at the Angels, and Tyler Anderson at the Diamondbacks. This is pretty good. You could work with this. That's not that great. Uh, Nestor Cortez against the Orioles. I can I can go with that. Yep. I would use Glenn Otto. The Angels <sighs> over the last 30 days. Let me see if I have this here. I believe they have the worst weighted on base average. No, 28th. 28th in Woba over the last 30 days for the Angels. It's a pretty good match. That's putting, that's putting a lot of faith in just one career start from Glenn Otto, who's, you know, n- not exactly Joe pitching prospect there. Scott, 1 800 Glenn Otto. Come on. <laughs> Pick up the phone. The call is free. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Carlos Hernandez has been kind of interesting too, but I want to go, I want to want to use him against the White Sox. All right. Uh, Tyler Anderson at the Diamondbacks, I don't hate either. I think we have a new soundbite. I'm going to. I'm going to clip that. So any, every time we bring up Glenn Otto, it's going to be Scott singing that little jingle for us. All right, we're going to wrap there. For Scott, I am Frank. Thank you all for listening. Oh, by the way, I didn't do Team Name Thursday because there weren't any. We didn't have any Team Name Thursday submissions. So starting next week, we're three podcasts per week. We'll go Monday, Wednesday, Friday in your feed. Send over Team Name Wednesday. We'll go with Wednesday. So send those over and, and we'll continue to feature those at the end of the podcast. For Scott, I am Frank. Thank you all for listening and watching Fantasy Baseball today. We'll be back again tomorrow. Bye-bye. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.